0: G'day guys, welcome to another Guitar Wank Podcast, I am your host Troy McCubbin, thank you for joining us, wherever you are in this wonderful, crazy, fucked up world. Episode number 96, we're going to continue straight on with Richard last week, I know a lot of you guys, we left you hanging, right on the, he was deposed for how many days or something, anyway, we're going to get straight into it, Uh, thank you so much for all the emails, again, if you want to donate to Guitar Wank. And save the old lesbians from something and help Guitar Wank continue to be Guitar Wank. You can go to guitarwank at, uh, well, guitarwank.com and uh, donate there, or you can send us an email at guitarwank at gmail.com. Let's get straight into it. Nice quick one this week. And back to Richard from uh, Fender. Scott, Bruce, what do we have in store for all
1: listeners this week?
2: So, (laughs) that was, I was the guy that was deposed for that.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's okay. I don't want to bring up any bad... (laughs) It's okay, it's another
2: great Fender story. (laughs) (laughs) He's still there, though. Six days, (laughs) six days I was deposed for that, eight hours a day. Really? I read 10,000 pieces of evidence into what they call the Bates log hopefully you'll never have to have that experience but you know that's you know so mr mcdonald this 1952 ad from (laughs) from billboard magazine depicting you know whatever or this this article dan says smith said this or you said that and and for six days uh straight it really comes down to to continuous defense and so if you don't defend your marks which is which is why Fender sometimes gets the you know oh the big corporate overlord just coming and messing with me the little guy trying to to trying to make a living off of all your trademarks yeah (laughs) it's like uh, because if we don't go after them then when the next case comes up all they do is bring it up in front of you and say look you know these guys were doing it and you didn't do anything about it and you were right. aware of it. It opens the door, right? And it opens the door. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to, um, and the other thing was the, the company through the different ownerships, value around IP, intellectual, intellectual property was mm-hmm. at different stages of awareness, right? So Bill Schultz didn't have a lot of, a lot. Bill Schultz was a salesman at heart. I mean, he was just a terrific sales guy and uh had had a vision vision so it's uh yeah i don't i don't know how but to so go- still so, so the
1: bodies everybody can copy the bodies but yes. they can't copy the heads. we stuff. did
2: not we did not win the body trademark, because we couldn't show a continual defense of it for the oh, 60 years. I see. Okay, um, yeah. I understand and that. And they said, yeah, you, yeah. Say, oh, you, 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 didn't, you didn't do what you needed to do through the 80s, 70s, and 80s. Yeah. And so by the time I got into the seat, you know, of course, I was, you know, working with lawyers every day. And so there was a higher level of what it takes to keep a mark and defend a mark. Uh, but we couldn't really do anything about the past, so we have the headstock shape, uh, but the body shapes are open, and that kind of creates an, a whole other market opportunity for for boutique builders, and you know, all that stuff is good for the business. It's it, it, you know, yeah, it's all yeah. good, good for mm-hmm. Fender and good for the business. New ideas, innovation, people pushing, people having special, interesting needs from an instrument and then guys working to fulfill it and so it's that dynamics is what keeps our business moving forward. Let me
3: ask you one more question I was just curious about um you guys obviously use noiseless pickups sometimes on your guitars because you know how the RF these days is like insane there's a radio station on every corner so (laughs) so normal single coil pickups hum do you guys have a noiseless system or is it just noiseless pickups? It's
2: um it's noiseless pickups, uh-huh. um, and I'm, I'm familiar with John's system, so I can kind of see your be- where you're coming well, from maybe on that question. Well, I you
3: know that Russian guy, Elitch, mm. he approached you guys, I think, at one point, but you guys weren't interested, I guess, and then he went to John, and John was interested, yeah. and I guess they worked together for maybe something like five years, I guess, and then John came up with his own system right. that I actually think is better. That's right. But... Um, we
2: have messed with it for for on and off for a while. Um, we never, we ended up feeling like the solution that we had in the pickups. Uh, by the time we got to our fourth or fifth uh, revision of noise, we started with lace sensors. And yeah, I when I, I got those. the job, I was like, "Yeah, they have no like profile, no personality. They're yeah. they're mm-hmm. too perfect or something. Yeah. I, I don't know what it was." Um, But you know, I'm playing a Strat with staggered pull pieces and looking for the quiet place for when I solo. I've
3: seen Mike Landau do it a million times. This is my solo. Right here, I am. I'm not going to fucking budge from this (laughs) spot. I've seen it a million times. I've been there too. I've done it myself. I still (laughs) play that guitar, so I'm totally. Yeah,
2: I'm I'm looking for the one place where I can stand. Yeah. Um. So so we have uh, put a ton of research into that, trying to keep. There's a chaos and there's something special that happens in vintage wound pickups and Mm -hmm. really trying to 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 keep that while making the noise uh, go away. And we haven't done any type of noise canceling circuits to today. But what's your
3: current noiseless pickup that you like the most?
2: Um, The pickups that are in the lead are probably like Gen Four or something noiseless pickups, Uh and they're 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 great. The last. uh I'll send you set the uh, the last the last round of uh, pickup development manifests itself in uh, in the Elite series products and they were designed by Tim Shaw. Uh-huh. Uh, Tim has been with us for years, but he was okay. the guy that worked with uh, um, the original humbucker uh, designer. Um, come on, Steve you guys Duncan? are guitar guys. No, the original guy. Oh, see, Seth. Yeah, Seth. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's from that. That uh, right, that school right, right. and so, so you he's
3: probably know Steve blucher very well. Steve yeah. is an awesome
2: sure.
3: guy. Uh, Steve, when I had that Strat, uh, the Dog Party Strat, mm-hmm. and I was touring, um, and I was just having like insane problems with hum everywhere because I'm kind of more of a high gain player. So just you know, I'd hit Chicago or or New York, and it would just be like the hum was louder than the note. Mm. So Steve sent me a set of um, what were they called? Uh, something, S-N-something maybe? I, I can't really remember now. But ns
2: I can't
3: remember. You know, it's been so long, I can't remember. But I had his favorite. They were his favorites. Mm. And I had that in the guitar for a long time. Yeah. Until he... For many years until John came up with that. Elitch came up with the Noiseless system. And I was using those pickups, the Steve yeah. Blucher pickups. For many years because you had to I mean there was just no way to play in a city because oh hum yeah was so, it's just so, so yeah
2: I I know exactly what you're talking you about know, you Steve his, Steve's uh, an awesome awesome guy Larry was. you know what he told me to that have was, have was
3: really interesting is when I, I played in New York a year before the world Tra- trade centers went down mm. and that year you could play as loud as you want with lots of gain and there was not a bit of hum Because all the radio stations were up above the World Trade Centers. Mm. The next year when I played there and the Trade Centers were down, the hum was louder than the note. And Steve (laughs) told me it's because the radio stations are no longer up in the sky. They're on shorter, you know, like Mm -hmm. smaller buildings all over town. Wow. So the hum... The it's year amazing. after the amazing. World Trade Center, yeah. you couldn't play. You I've never, know, so. never
2: heard it expressed like that, but I totally yeah. believe it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was what fighting about Budweiser what about signs. cell phones and stuff? <laughs>
3: and stuff? Does that that doesn't
1: affect? I don't think cell phones <laughs> affect it like
3: RF. Though, if you know, if you put your cell phone up there where your pickup is, you hear the that little weird. Oh, noise you, you put that, your cell phone on the amp. Yeah, yeah.
2: I know my my first wireless. Uh, my first wireless. We were doing an outdoor gig. And there was a band in an inside a venue right next to it, and we finished playing the song, and you know it was one of those but up butt up and then trombone starts coming out of my I got a twin reverb, and I'm like what, and it's like you know I'm just like what is that? So the guy had the same. <laughs> in the early yeah. days of wireless, was yeah. on the same. I was on the same frequency as as the, he was. He was catching you. Yeah. yeah. You know what?
3: When on my <laughs> embarrassing, <laughs> on my latest record, there's a sound effect that is really fun. And I, and the way it happened was that I wanted to use this uh, like envelope filter. So mm-hmm. that was going to play something funky for intro or to this tune. Yeah. was an envelope filter, and I plugged it in and it started picking up a mexican radio station <laughs> but yet it was going through the envelope filter That's and fantastic. because of the single coil pickups and it was buzzing and humming like crazy and it ended up being like a really interesting cuz it was actually playing music wow. like the, the voices turned into music somehow and it just like became this awesome intro for the song just by accident <laughs> because of single, single pearl oh, yeah. pickups and their noise oh, and their yeah. hum. Yeah. So it's it's all, you know, I mean, because it can be. What a track is name. that again? Vibe Station. And he's on that's, the main track. That's yeah, jazz. Jazz. yeah, yeah.
1: We call that jazz. <laughs> like you you know, those, well, yeah. You, you just make, you make, like you're you use what you got. Yeah, yeah, stuff, yeah. That's yeah. the other side of it, you know. That's awesome. To me. I mean, there's there's the side of you know you got the sound in your head you want the right gear you know and I mean you're 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 always looking for that you know yeah but there's the other Tone side quest. the other side of this is what you got make music out
2: of it That's, you know? we call like, that the Roy Buchanan side <laughs> well, well <laughs> you have to you get know, your amp no, out there's of a, there's, a, there's,
4: a, there's, <laughs> a,
1: there's a, a musician there's a there's a magical musical quality to dealing with what you've got. Mm and making it work in the moment, whether mm-hmm. it's whether it's plugging in and getting a Mexican radio station, <laughs> or whether it's sitting on the beach and somebody handing you a guitar, mm-hmm. or whether it's, you know, you're playing a, a, a backline amp that's mm-hmm. whacked out yeah. in a new place, or playing with a drummer that plays particularly weird, <laughs> that changes your, you know, when regardless of what you're controlling, it, it has so much effect of the overall frequency spectrum that you have to, yeah. Alter your playing and your musical concept, and you know to me that's just as much a part of the beauty of the music as the search for the holy grail of tone. Oh yeah. Well, that every every true.
2: venue sounds different. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Outdoor gigs, I used to just suffer, oh. suffer trying to to yeah. find my sound. And, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm
3: probably- selling I'm selling my cabinets because of outdoor gigs. Yeah. Right. It's because just- I've been doing. A lot of outdoor gigs. And, it's really hard. And my cabinet is an open back, and yeah, just yeah, it's, just, it's, useless. Yeah. it's, it's gone. It's useless. Yeah. Well, you
1: know, and also yeah. the latency of tube amps are really difficult. It's in, different in, in uh, you know, like God. Ever since I've been going as lightweight as possible, you know, in my old infirmed age, uh, <laughs> one thing one thing I have noticed is that having like those solid state amps. Is like outdoors particularly like the, the it's focused right in front you're getting it mm. right now right in front of you mm. it's not dispersing to the wind and, and then when it disperses all you really get are these like these thin highs you know what I mean because all the body has kind of left the room and you're, right. you're left with a part you don't want you
2: know well so many of the new amps when you strip the the effects and everything away the sounds are very fatiguing and yeah they're they're not like the things we're, we're used to where, you know, the purity of a, a champ or something, yeah. right? It, yeah. Where you can actually feel, you're playing the amp as much as you're playing the guitar, right? Right, right?
1: Oh, man, that, in a great uh, room when right? you got that amp, I mean, of course, that's, but you know, that's I mean, the magic. I'm thinking back recently to, to my experiences how few of those rooms I play in anymore, you yeah. know. Most of the time, you know, it's either a sound man that's got some weird head space that he's got to go through or it's it's some room that's just so whacked out yeah. that the amp is just a
3: problem. Yeah. I've yeah. even got to the point where we we have different music for different rooms. You know, like I refuse to try to play the kind of music that I like to play in a big boomy shitty room. Yeah, reflective, I won't I won't yeah. even I won't subject the music to that horse shit, you know what I mean? So, we have a set it's just like a bad room set, and it's like they're really easy fucking tunes that you can close your eyes and play. You can play them drunk; it doesn't matter. There's no interplay within the band. There's nothing. It's just you just pump them out and get give the, the paycheck. Get time and get the fuck out because that's the only thing you can do in a room like that because yeah. you can't hear each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just the the boomy basketball court of the room. You you can't play. Con- conversational music in a room like that unless you turn down so soft oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. To, wed- to wedding to wedding mode got turned down so soft yeah. that the drummer's like doing yeah. yeah like yeah. It, he's the poor guy he can't even hit his drums wed-
2: wedding mode so like, yeah. yeah yeah wedding mode <laughs> well <laughs> wait like, a minute
1: <laughs> i just <laughs> w- i just <laughs> want to <laughs> say something in defense of chamber yeah. quality music <laughs> i mean there's a lot of great music being played by brilliant people who have beautiful tone and a really soft volume. Oh yeah, great. Oh, yeah. I mean, those rooms yeah. are you know what I mean? nice I mean, you might call wedding volume. I mean, I yeah. play with guys that their drum sound is so beautiful and they're burning but it's not loud. Yeah. Particularly my guitar sounds way better from the mezzo to the piano, but you know. what
3: kind of a drummer could possibly play I, a room like that? I, I know a lot you of guys. You play drummers that can play Dude, that. I, I, soft? I, I,
1: I can name you three or four guys that did yes. They,
3: yeah, because I mean, the only drummer that I've ever played with that plays that soft is probably Mike Clark or uh, who's one of my, he's one of my favorite guys. What's what's his ah, oh, Scott? No, oh hell no, 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 it's either Mike Clark. Guy that guy that plays in town, and I've played with him at Lava Lee a lot of time with Derek Olds. Um, Joe LaBarbera. Joe LaBarbera.
1: He, no, yeah. Joe LaBar Peter Erskine can play really. And Peter soft, Erskine, beautiful. he's another guy that play really soft. Can play, Greed, the, soft. He can play yeah. great. I yeah. mean, I can name you uh, Jay Bellerose. But, see the, but the, see, the thing is, you know? is, the
3: kind of the kind of music I play with electric bass. You don't play with drummers like that. No, you know?
1: no, you really. The, the your you kind know. of music, you you would want to yeah. rethink it but you know you have to
3: rethink it but if you're playing if you're playing really soft with soft musicians you can get away with playing a lot more places than you can if you're playing with like let the pa do the work (laughs) traditional (laughs) drummers that actually hit the drums yeah you know there's just there's
1: a magic to it's a different kind of acoustic conversation than than what you're talking about and i definitely that's why an instrument like mine shines in them because mm-hmm. it's acoustic yeah. and it's responding it's a nuances, at that level
3: right? you know I mean a strat wouldn't give me that you know yeah, we, need we need like a a semi-dead room it's like not, not completely dead because that right. ruins the whole ambient I, I room, need a semi-dead but, dead uh, audience yeah right <laughs> but that's how a struggle is <laughs> it? you know it's like a perfect example is like the baked potato it's not totally dead but yeah. it's dead enough so that does, the sound isn't bouncing around all over the place. Yeah. It's just kind of nice. Like Alva's, you know, have you ever been to Alva's down there in San Pedro? No. That's no. a beautiful room. It's That's like really, it's, it's dead, but it's not so dead that it's a. Drag. But he
1: can control that. You know, he yeah, can, you open can, up those you can open up those um, And it becomes yeah. a
3: really live room, which is. Yeah, beautiful. actually, they, what's nice about it is they have these big um, rolling uh, baffles. And you can roll them as far away from the stage as you want, so you can That's get to you great. make it as dry or wet That's as you want, it's really nice. That's That's it's a great room to play. It's
2: really well, the fun. the high powered stuff isn't selling anymore either. The high powered no, amps. No. I mean, it's they're it's I not it's not just same us same old thing. guys. Oh, no no no
1: they no the PA guys they man, don't, they don't want, my people school, don't want
2: big amps in anymore. In my
1: school they're doing shit that I I mean it wouldn't work for me. They're putting they're using smaller amps, of course. And they're putting sneeze guards in front of them mm-hmm. what do you mean sn- sneeze glass Plexiglass. 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 Oh, okay. you know Plexiglass. like a salad yeah, yeah. bar you yeah. know <laughs> yeah. it keeps you from, from breathing <laughs> on the salad <laughs> that's perfect
2: <laughs> you got you go watch a guy like joe bonamassa he's got like three tweed twins which are like probably 85 full-on 85 tube watts loud. Right. turned all the way right. up. And so he's got more than a sneeze card. He's <laughs> yeah. got like a plexi wall like Stevie Ray had yeah. in front of his. And marvelous tone, but very few guys are playing that loud anymore. You
1: know, and Yeah, and these guys are telling you you can't play. I mean, I say, well, I can't hear myself. And they're like, well, we'll put you in the monitors. Oh, and I say, yeah. you don't understand. Yeah. I don't want to hear myself in the monitors. You're not going to get that sound. This is my sound. Let yeah. me get my sound on the bandstand and you handle the, the audience. That's the way we do this. And then, what are you talking about? Like, the guy's never even heard me play before and he's already telling me how I have to play, you know? Mm -hmm. And of course, he doesn't know that I'm not going to play real loud. Well, you're a guitarist. You're automatically loud. He's he's assuming that I'm going (laughs) to play super loud and he knows the room and he's probably right with a real loud guy. It's, if if the band is super loud, he can't put any definition to it because it's already too loud. He can't tur- he can't really turn it down from the board. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't know that I'm like not going to play that loud, but I need to hear my tone from me and like you just deal with the house, dude. I you
2: like know? my, yeah, I always liked my amp on the floor because they're in a lot of the clubs mostly yeah. that I was, I was playing. You really, you kind of pick up something from that coupling.
3: I I, yeah. I would never... I always have my cap.
1: Yeah, on the
2: floor. always put it. Yeah, on, me I've too. And I also I also so don't like better.
1: it right in my ear because if it's no. right in my ear, I play too soft.
4: Yeah.
3: But another thing is when you have a big when you have a big room. I play a lot of really big rooms, and we don't play that loud. But a lot of times, the sound man will turn it up, mm-hmm. and so I have people out in the audience who police him yeah. and and <laughs> say, look, you know. I know you want to turn it up because you're used to mixing rock and roll bands or whatever, but this band, I like loud concerts, but I mean, not, you know, I went and saw Jeff Beck. Oh my gosh. I I love him,
2: but he's pain. It's painful.
3: Well, yeah, but I mean, it's probably loud on stage. But what my point was, when I saw him at the amphitheater, the sound man had it a real good volume. Like you know, I, we were in the middle of the room somewhere, so we couldn't even hear the stage, just the PA. But he had it a really nice volume where it's loud enough where you can feel a little bit of bass, and it's mm-hmm. nice. But it's you can talk. I mean, it's not it's not definitely loud. Oh know, yeah, deafeningly loud. And that's the kind of volume I like to have on my shows. But to do that, you really need somebody in the audience to talk to, to be there at the sound man and say, hey, man, it's too loud. Turn it down. Yeah. Because I'm seeing people out there doing this. And that's not us on stage. That's the PA. That's the yeah, sound yeah, man. I've,
2: I've been to a bunch of Beck shows. And in some theater, smaller type of rooms, like Dodge Theater or whoever the corporate's. Then corporate it's
3: super sp- loud, right? Wow. Yeah. He plays loud. He I'm plays loud. he still does. Yeah. not he have a tinnitus problem or at one time.
2: And Townsend had a pretty bad pretty one. No, they just shove
1: earplugs in and make us have tonight. <laughs> yeah. It's the that keeps giving, right? Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, well.
0: Is know. it? Is he a guy that's been working with Fender over the years or not of late?
2: Jeff? What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's,
3: he, he has the noiseless pickups, yes, right? He's yeah. playing with noiseless. has how's yep. Jeff to deal with?
2: He's a really nice man. I've only had a couple of meetings with him. Yeah. Um, he's a pretty shy guy, Yeah, had some great conversations because I negotiated the the Yardbirds era Telecaster Esquire, Mm -hmm. to be Mm -hmm. technical, that we did 150, I think we made 150 in the custom shop. Mm -hmm. And that took many years of asking through Jeff's management, who at the time I think was Ralph Baker maybe or something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, finally, Remember how they used to put like the missing kids on uh, the milk cartons? <laughs> yeah. I made I made a milk carton that had that Esquire. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Have you seen this guitar?" And he sent it to his, Have you worked with Mike,
3: Mike Landau? Yes, we yeah.
2: we uh, we did Mike's amp. Right. And uh, which is a modification to one of our hot rod amps, mm-hmm. and then uh, we had a guy that ran our custom shop um, who's really creative really clever guy mike eldred was his name uh, yeah you know mike know yeah. and uh and so mike uh, had made made guitars uh for michael and so he's he's yeah. got that red
3: yeah i played one the other day because yeah. my friend brought one over 65 one of the Randall, it, or, um, custom shop guitars i really yeah. liked it it sounded good it's it sounded a, a really beautiful good. guitar and yeah. what a
2: great right what a great what a great player yeah, yeah. Was awesome. yeah.
3: mike's one of my yeah. mike mixed two of my records
2: Oh, I didn't know that. And, yeah,
3: yeah, and and um, we're, we've been friends forever. You know? He's like, uh, he's a great guy, uh, very nice, great player, nice guy.
2: Jeff was very nice. He's done presets for us in amplifiers. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. uh, the interesting things with with he's very low maintenance, but he breaks guitars, and it takes about a year, a year and a half before he uh, before a guitar cycles into that position. He even a custom shop. Jeff Beck model Stratocaster. The necks aren't big like they used to be. They're still a little bit bigger, but those first ones were were huge. Huge, yeah. Um, yeah. But I was asking him, is there anything that you know, gear wise, do you want to you want to play with anything? Is there any anything you're thinking about? And he goes, no. But is there a way to like break them in a little faster? So kind of pre, maybe you know, pull some something off the shoulders a little bit, or you know, just the way necks necks play in. Uh, but for him, with that tremolo, floating tremolo style, that guitar has just got to be set up perfectly. Yeah. And I think for him, it's a whole system thing that has to really... It, is, it. it is for me, too. Yeah. It's like the, it's every, the, it's, whole, it's,
3: the whole Sir modification of the Fender Bridge, I, I don't know if John wants me to give away trade secrets, but it's it's like pretty fucking
2: there's some intense. there's yeah and it's yeah. yeah
3: it's intense it's like to make
2: them work really well yeah. depending on your style and if you're heavy-handed good luck yeah. but it's
3: it, it's intense man they do so much to it and also you know my arm is twice as thick as a fender arm i would break a fender arm in a week
2: yeah i used to break yeah. them so off the, right in the there.
3: arm is like they actually yeah. have to make it themselves and they have to drill a bigger hole in the block for the bigger mm. arm because it's still a screw-in arm. Mm-hmm. It's just a bigger screw-in arm, so oh, they have cool. to make the hole in the plate bigger in the block is bigger. There
2: a, is there a tip on it, or is it just a bar? It's a
3: tip, but it's it's about this much shorter than a fender. Uh, it's like
2: Gilmore does that too. Cuts yeah. his triangles. And then, this and then they
3: just take the tip off the regular fender bridge, and instead of screwing it on, they just super glue it mm-hmm. on. So it's because I think what they do is they they get one of those little things that they just you know like drill bits that just route route it out a little bit and mm-hmm. then it'll fit on the bar and mm-hmm. they just super glue it oh that's so cool the bars and what i've noticed is that when the bar is shorter you can bend notes in tune much easier i think that's
2: this david yeah. gilmore the same thing they cut yeah. they cut them like off i've and... got
3: calluses here because to bend the bar down is fucking hard yeah but but you can really you can because you know if you if you have a traditional fender arm then you'd be if you had it in your hand, you'd be picking up on the neck, right? So this brings me back to picking in between the neck and the bridge. I mean, the neck and the middle pickup.
2: Yeah, versus then, a real, a real rhythmy pickup exactly, sound. Exactly. Right, yeah. and
3: then and then that way, I can even rest my hand on the bar, and it won't because it's so it's so incredibly hard to push down. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you do push it down, it's easier to play notes and tune because it's so hard. Yeah, I screw
2: I take those claws yeah. in the back and I just wrench them down, put oh, like yeah. five <laughs> springs on them. It's Not like you right. have to jump on it. <laughs> right. Another, but I can, I can re- yeah. when you were talking about breaking yeah. arms off, I can remember sitting in a hotel room, you know, looking at my trem block with the, with the arm broken off flush going... <laughs> yeah you know what am i gonna do so if anyone is ever in that situation here's what you do you take anything you can to make a little punch hole off center right and then you take something like a scratch all or something that's very sharp and then you make counterclockwise rotations inside of that little dent
3: so many times (laughs) what what, what i uh, do is enough of the thing sticking make out make a screw I slot get a file make a slot and i make a little slot yep. just enough so i can get a screwdriver yep. there and just barely like okay i it moved this much did you that know, a couple
2: times 15 too 15
3: minutes later it moved that much more and by oh, an hour God. an hour goes oh, by yeah. I get the fucking thing out. yeah it oh, takes damn, it takes an it
2: unbelievable a unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable amount of time
0: uh i got one point for yeah. you guys bigsby uh, Bigsby,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah Bigsby. I just not, I just had lunch with Fred Gretsch they, today. He owns Bigsby. Yeah, they oh, looked nice. They, but they looked that's, after. That's me.
3: not a bridge
4: of two that
2: stays
3: in tune. well. I know,
0: but that's the that's the the love of it all.
2: Maybe if you break a string, it sort of stays in tune. Oh yeah, 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 right. yeah. that's not one that's. But you in lo- you love, love that. World. You get the sand cast. Uh,
0: they they gave me that. Joe is it Joe? The, yeah, yeah. I oh, was at now. Joe Joe Carducci. Yeah, and he and he it was so funny because he said to me. We got talking, he said I told him how much of a Gretsch fan I've always been and he said, Well pick one out I'm like, What? He said, Yeah, pick one out and he pointed me in the direction of this beautiful mm-hmm. falcon. He said, What's your address? I'm like, What? And I gave him the address and he said, You know, once you're in the Gretsch family, it's like joining the mafia, you know, like you're uh, in that's there. True, and I never got anything for months. And I'm like, Oh, that guy was full of shit, man. I called him, left him emails, nothing. And then one day Turn up my door and there's a big box, Gretsch, sitting at my front door. Just sitting it out the front of the house.
2: Joey's the real deal. Joey's worked Mate. at Fender, you know, for, <laughs> I, I'm going to guess, and if he hears this and I get it wrong, just yep. call, call me and tell him. I'm going to say he's been in there at least 40 years. Hey. He's a marvelous guitar player. He started working there as a kid. Wow. Um, and uh, and has been with the company forever and, and he's he's... Been doing the Gretsch thing for years and he's so immersed into it. And, oh, and so, man. if he, and he's one of these accountable guys, if he tells you he's going to do something, uh, he's, I didn't he's
0: believe him. And
2: the, he's a great player. Oh. You get a chance to, to no, play with him. Who players. was the guy
3: at Finder that worked with Rudy Ray Moore? Who is that? I don't know. I remember going to see Rudy Ray Moore's concert and I laughed so hard because you know who he is, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, he yeah. made, I was on the floor, <laughs> man. And I remember that the guitar player. Work defender, you know. Yeah, and I don't he know. Got, he had that gig, and and uh, what a funny, what a fun gig that was. Uh, I don't know imagine. who that is. He he, he Dolomite. Yeah. <laughs> <He's> Dolomite. Okay. <laughs> a Dolomite. Yeah.
2: I'm going to stay out of this yeah. one. You know, so <laughs> yeah. Uh,
3: anyway, yeah, but that was that was really cool.
2: Mike, Eldr- was, Mike Eldred. Uh, that might have been him. It was, it was Mike. I'm pretty sure it was Mike. I know Mike. a few stories. that I won't re- yeah. repeat them. Mike would need to tell them. But I'm pretty he, sure it was Mike. It was Mike. Yeah. It was Mike Eldred. Mike Eldred yeah. played with a lot yeah. of LA. It was
3: Mike. It was Mike. Yeah. Wow. And it was such a great show because every time Mike, would try to play a little blues riff. Rudy <laughs> yeah. Mae would go, "What the fuck are you doing? This is my show, bitch!" You know, yeah. like shut the oh, yeah. fuck up. Oh yeah, you know? he'd a little for blues the... lick, and then yeah. Rudy Mae just said, "Shut the fuck up! <laughs> this is my show!" Yeah. Oh my god, it was so—I was in tears. It was oh yeah, so funny. And I know Mike was laughing his oh, ass he, off up there. He was having he so looks, much fun.
2: The stories he sh- shared were very, very similar. <laughs> yeah. He played in punk bands. Oh he, shit. wow! The company is full of people like that yep. that are yeah. just you know That's awesome. just. And you know Mike uh, Ponce,
3: right? Yeah. Because yeah, okay. Well, yeah, I'm sure there's, there's. I can't remember you. You mentioned Seiko.
2: Because S- yeah, Seiki yeah, Goto, yeah. and wow. who, who was a, an R and D, um, engineering type uh-huh. apprentice for Dan for uh-huh. years, and and became a. a pretty real pickup designer yeah and uh yeah. just a great guy traveled all through through japan with him that's and, so cool um did did a lot of projects uh with him when i was the guitar guy from uh-huh the, now, yeah
0: awesome now fender's got you you guys own the strat you own the telly mm. now archtop did you fender ever have
1: an archtop the jazz they, they, guys they, they, you, no, you, we you did, did that remember you did yeah that, we did the yeah, we did. hagstrom I guess it was the same guitar, right? It was the
2: D'Acquisto. Made um, by Hagstrom. Yeah. Well, we made them in the custom shop. Okay. And um, we also had one called the Classic Rocker that had a Fender name on it. All that stuff was typically uh, uh, made by um, Stern upstairs. Uh, I always get him confused with the jazz Stern. Oh, um, Mike's in. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, he, built, he built all those guitars. And so, so didn't so Hagstrom Benede- have something to do with it? No, we before, did the, the Benedettos. before you had Benedetto.
1: Before Benedetto. I'm not familiar was with that. There was the Diakisto
2: one. Yeah, we, we had that Dan Smith. I was in the Dan oh, so Smith Oh, that was all well made by you.
1: That had nothing yes. to do with Hagstrom? The no. Nope. Okay. They, were, they were made in
2: the, okay, the, the custom shop. Uh, okay. Um, yeah.
1: All right. And then, and then, of course, Bob Benedetto went in with you guys in the, like the early 2000s. Awesome guy. Bob yeah. and
2: Cindy Benedetto. Right, yep. yeah. Beautiful. That's where you meet guys like uh, uh, Joe... P- uh, what's his name? Pasa- what? uh, John Pisano? No. No. Oh, God. short. Pass? Uh, no, no. I'll think of it.
1: Jimmy Bruno? Abs- you yeah, yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy Bruno? Bruno. Oh, God, Jimmy when Bruno. When I
2: did this, you should have gone yeah, right Yeah, well, I right. did
1: get it, didn't Jimmy? <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, Jimmy Jimmy. Yeah, nothing like traveling
2: sick. through Europe. I didn't know that. Jimmy,
1: yeah, he had a real bad stroke kind oh. of thing. I don't know if it was actually a stroke, but a real bad thing. He's He survived it, and he's coming back. So. He's
2: a big-time player, but his personality is even bigger. He's yeah, just,
1: very big personality.
2: Yeah, great guy. Yeah, we, we we did that. It's uh, it's so outside of our core competence, though, that our customers were always just like, "What, you know, what, D, what?" Right. You know, they were beautiful, cool guitars. Bob knows how to build build guitars. Of course, we owned Guild for years, so you have that whole.
1: Do you guys own Hamon? Didn't didn't isn't that kind of the way that isn't that kind of the way that while. Bob came in with you guys? Yes. Like he worked with,
2: like doing the Artist Awards and those. Correct. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, 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 When we when we had, I remember
1: when that was happening. That was yeah, the two thousand, like around the turn of the century.
2: Yep, Um, (laughs) (laughs) it was longer ago than I thought. But yes, that's that's it. We've had a lot of different different eras. Yeah, we we defended in by Hamer. Oh yeah, we had Hamer. We had Ovation, Takamini, Sabian, SWR, Jackson, Charvel. Um, Guild we had we distributed had Gretsch, Taylor still have we still have gratch we distributed Taylor in Europe what for co- years
3: what company is Grover with now? I don't know what Grover's
2: doing He he, he was has a
3: company but I don't know the name of it well him. it
2: was JG and it was John Gold who uh-huh. was our European like international sales uh, mm-hmm. guy and when he left Fender uh, he and Grover uh, went into business, and I don't know where it's at these I days. I was with
3: Grover for just a little while for one guitar, mm-hmm. but it was a nice guitar. It was a Basswood guitar. I don't play Basswood guitars mm-hmm. anymore, but mm-hmm. at smell the time... Smell smell funny? Yeah. <laughs> at, the, at that time, the Basswood was kind of more popular than it is now. But yeah, I Eddie Van Halen
2: it sh- likes it. Yeah. Do you
3: remember the company that it would have been? It, I Maybe it was Charvel.
2: I think it was Charvel. Yeah. And I, think it was I can Charvel. remember because it had a Fender headstock. Yeah. yeah. I, I've, I've, I remember yeah. seeing pictures of you playing it actually when it, I was doing Charvel because I had that brand It was for a cool years. guitar.
3: <laughs> I mean, it sounded good for what it was because it was a Basswood with those crazy Holdsworth pickups. Yes. You know, that sounded yeah. really smooth but had absolutely no bass at all. Yeah. Yeah. But they, they, they had a real smooth sound. And it was a cool guitar. And Grover was, I remember him being really nice you know
2: yeah he I, I worked with him and we we tried to do some projects after the fact and mm-hmm. kind of bring him in and mm-hmm. and uh, we did some stuff that was pretty cool but i mean that's a gr- group of people that really that's one of those 30th anniversary type companies right sure, yeah. that mighty might and mm-hmm. and uh grover and and mike eldred worked uh with grover was probably the first or second guy he hired mm-hmm. so before he came to the to fender he was uh, he was doing that Mm-hmm. And then Donnie Wade, who's just legendary in our our world as far as luthier and wow. and that, and he was the product guy uh, for Tommy and Grover and all those guys okay. during during the day. And when we bought Jackson, I I've, I love this guy. He's he's one of the nicest guys I've ever met. He's and he's been inside more more guitars, especially acoustic guitars, than any other guy on earth. I mean, he can just his knowledge base is unbelievable. And uh, you know, for me, it was like I opened the trunk of this car we just bought, and there was Donnie. You know? <laughs> I was like, okay, well, we bought this brand Jackson, and here's this guy I've been competing with, right, you know, a little bit. You know, he's over at Jackson. I'm thinking, what am I going to do, make a pointy guitar? No, no, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now he works for me, right? And so uh, we had dinner one evening, maybe a month or two later, and he sat down, and I said, so what's up, you know? when somebody has to have dinner with you they're either quitting they're mad or they're (laughs) right and so he goes he basically just told me if i have to deal with another you know uh, i can't remember the words he's he he has a lot of texas colloquialisms but you know you know uh, he was so done with heavy with with with, you know making pointy guitars for heavy metal and I didn't even know about this side of him, you know, as far as the luthier type side. And so I asked him what he wanted to do. And he said, Guild. I was like, okay, well, I just got that too. We, I had 29 brands at the time. Wow. And uh, so I put him on Guild and we did some really good work together. And, and he's still, still at, at Fender and our specialty brands where we have uh, Jackson, Charvel, EVH, uh, and Gretsch. So he's still. So you, you let go
1: of Guild. Guild Guild's back. Uh, Guild's over with the uh, Cordoba guys. Cordoba guys. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Another great great brand, but we just you know we we're not an acoustic guitar maker.
0: Yeah, Fender's never been no. never been that company, right? What now? What about amps? What is Fender's, the well, popular amp, most popular amp at the moment?
1: It's the Hot Rod Deluxe, right?
2: I'd say. From a professional point of view, you know that's the one that's in, in all the cartridge places. And yeah. I have yeah, one. Yeah, I Yo, mean it's the I most versatile. Sounds yeah. great with a pedal board. Yeah. You know, you just get a great basic uh, 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 design. That amp was done. It was a it was a refresh on our our tweed mm. Blues series. So the, the Devilles, Deluxes, Pro Juniors, mm-hmm. blues, blues Juniors, yeah. and then Richie Fliegler came on from. Marshall, Mm -hmm. uh, Korg Marshall, at the the time. And um, he was the amplifier guy, and I worked for him. And we did the Hot Rods. and Mm -hmm. So that was my first amplifier project, was the development of the Hot Rods. And people were losing their minds because it was our best-selling amp, and we discontinued it, and and we're bringing it back out. Um, We are the number one amp company in the world by considerable margin Mm -hmm. um which is which is good because we weren't uh, 20 years ago i'll tell you it was it was ugly it was crate and pv and yeah that's right and our we had two or three amps and some red knob twins with push pull notch filters and (laughs) the most unfendery rivera mods and things like that that just if you had a red knob twin you just played the normal channel and you stayed away from everything else um (laughs) Nowadays, the the digital modeling amps, like a Mustang, little 40 watt Mustang Bluetooth, you know, comes with an app. Just load your sounds in, you know, buy them, collect them, trade them. Yep. A, a guitar amplifier with wireless capabilities, which is pretty crazy. Um, they sell they sell like nuts, but the tube stuff is still the choice. Deluxe Reverb is. Still, you know, we, we did the Silverface, the Drip Rail, Drip Edge, Silver Face, 68s, and fixed them. You know, we did some a little bit of work in the tone circuit, you know, put a Celestian in, a couple of them, I think, and just did the mods that everybody did, all the stuff we did to them any, anyway, right? Yeah. And uh, those are incredibly popular, so we still make Tweed Era <laughs> bandmasters, basements. Uh, we still make Twins, Deluxes, Princetons, uh, and then we have all the way from 1940s tube technology up to cutting-edge uh, wireless Bluetooth streaming guitar amps.
0: Now, with the, I guess the new stuff, and I'm, Bruce and Scott, you probably the, would be the same. Older players, you, you don't really give a shit about that stuff, right? No,
3: we, I, I don't know anything about it because I'm old school, you know, I mean, I just play through a tube amp and pedals and, and a, a lot of people a
2: yeah. lot of people do yeah
3: i'm just but
0: a new generation it makes total sense well, i would get you know, that it yeah. also
3: depends on the gig you're doing i mean if you're yeah. playing a top 40 gig and you want to get a million different tones and a modeling app can just get you this and this and this and this and it's a wonderful thing to have you know yeah, and it
2: depends but, on your appetite for technology right and yeah how much i mean you want i'm to...
3: not against it i'm just saying i can't get my tone out of it mm-hmm. but but you know, it's uh, I understand why younger players would need it and like it because it's cool. I mean, you know, you can it's so versatile, it's like that line six Variax guitar. You can have a, a Les Paul and a strat and it's just, it's not the best sounding Les Paul or the best mm-hmm. sounding strat or L five. Right. But it's amazing to be able to have a bunch of different guitars on the same gig and play just one. It's yeah.
2: it's that so was cool, the it's interesting know. when you when you think think back and really start looking back at it and since i was in amps i i i was really taking that journey as it was going but people had five six seven guitars and an amp yeah. right and right. and um then the the digital the digital kind of thing happened and i remember being in meetings at work and the engineers and, and and some people that I really respected. I don't know if you know Bruce Zinke. Bruce Zinke was one of the guys that worked for us back in the day in electronics. Did the tone master and some of our really pro level stadium type stuff. Guy that was was hot rodding amps for Santana when he was eighteen. You know Princeton's and that. And we, you know we had a lot of passionate conversations. And what was happening was that the bear that. The barrier changed from it being about great tone and feel and that to about versatility and a little bit funner. So if you, if you were in a wedding band, you could pay, play top 40 and you could play this. Well, inside Fender I'll just admit it at the time, you know what I was pushing up against was we had a lot of tone stops. We had a lot of people that were just like, "Oh, that's just shitty." You know The basement sound sounds nothing like a basement. The, you know, the, the, the Plexi Marshall sound does not, you know, and you know what? Nobody cares. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They don't care because they probably never played a Basement on 7. They have have nothing to, nothing to compare it to. You have
3: your amp model of a Plexi, uh, a Plexi (laughs) and and people going, man, this sounds great, but they don't have a $5,000 Plexi Marshall to compare it to. Blowing their hair, right? Yeah, it's like, like, of course they're going to like it. And so
2: it took us a while actually so line six came in and pretty much kicked our ass you know for 10 minutes and i was busy over here and i looked over and i was like oh man so we got busy and and really took our solid state amps into the digital and first into 56k Mm -hmm. and now today what we have is the same technology in your phone it's the arm arm type architecture It'll, it'll come to that point. Look, vacuum tubes are getting harder and harder and harder to get. The tolerances aren't there when you're making a high gain amplifier. We buy, I don't know what our what our yield is today, but by the time we're done testing them to get them into an app like a hot rod, to, you know, deluxe or something that is, you know, it might be three or four tubes out of a dozen that today can pass that type of yeah. stringent John says the same thing. It's so yeah. difficult. Very hard. Very difficult. Very hard. So that's why he
3: says like if you've got good tubes, I say, John, should I replace my tubes? How old are they? Three years old. And he said, Do they sound good? Don't fuck with them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, because because yeah. the chances of you finding tubes that sound that good are good luck. are not good. Good so yeah. Just keep your tubes if they wow. sound
2: yeah, and then they sound, r- when they sound really good, that's right before they get ready to go, right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You're like, damn, I'm like, yeah. this is like the holy, yeah. holy grail sound, and then yeah. poof. <laughs> Model it. Model. Well, that was I the, kind of the like problem. A battery and
3: a distortion pedal, sometimes they sound the best when they're just about to the die. And they, yeah. And they die, and it's like, oh, fuck, now I gotta put a brand new one in there and wear that one in yeah. until it sounds right.
2: And if you haven't spent a lot of time in front of a tube amp, you wouldn't know you wouldn't know and so you, you know we talked about playing the amp that's definitely a tube amp thing right i mean it, you think you, you you're building some improvisational motif and then all of a sudden the amp says something back to you and You're like i think i'll just stay where i am yeah, for a minute right. it changes the way you play right, right. but the f- modeling amps they're snapshots they're snapshots of what a deluxe reverb or a twin or a plexi or an ac 30 is doing at a a specific point in time Mm. and then they raise and lower the volume and so when you strip the stuff away they don't really act like like a tube amp so what we tried to do and everyone's got a different approach but we took a, a an approach that we wanted the amp to change its architecture so if if the tone stack was pre or post in in the amp design then a blackface amp sounds different than a tweet amp right mm-hmm. and as it's called 3d linear mm-hmm. interpolation which is you know who cares right <laughs> it's good math though yeah. and so that that dynamic that when you turn the amp up and what what's happens at at the bass and and treble frequencies cuz they just move all over the place right as you turn the volume it's not like this is a this is a Fender Deluxe and and now this is a Fender Deluxe louder a Fender Deluxe turned up sounds completely different than a Fender kind of Deluxe off. turned yeah. down, yeah. you know. And so I think we got there with that tech, with that approach to it, knowing that now when you turn it up, the the bass has got you know you got to want to turn the bass down because it's just going to go nuts. We got that right, and then we were able to really kind of progress and and take market share, and more importantly, please. Players, now, I, I loaned him uh, him being Bruce sitting next then to he's me. He's pointing to me. <laughs> I, lent, I lent him one of our, our really like ultra, you know, new wireless Bluetooth streaming versatile you know v- amps, and it, it it didn't fit his bill except that you could pick it up.
4: <laughs> <laughs> right, it, it was very light. <laughs> light. actually. It was light.
1: Troy, Troy, I brought it over here. Troy played it too. Yep.
2: But the one you need to check out is is there's there's amps called Champions. Mm-hmm. And they have the digital engine and just a regular user interface like you and I grew up with, and so and it weighs nothing, and it's not screens that you have to look for, and mm. you know if if you have a Kemper Profiler and that's what you do, that's a great thing, but a lot of us just use a basic well, good I mean, tube you amp know, and
1: pedalboard. I'm, I'm open to checking anything out. I'll I mean, to you. You know, and and the funny thing is, is you know, I'm just going so much more over. Towards the acoustic, you know, because Mm. I'm just pissed off that the guy who invented the guitar didn't make it loud enough in the first place.
2: Are you playing those accordion amps like the jazz guys do?
1: Oh man, well I I sure love a couple of those old accordion amps, but I'm not playing. Yeah, no, I'm I'm actually I got a couple of different solid state things, and I'll be happy to show them to you. And they're really nice sounding amps for particularly the guitar I'm using and the volume I'm playing. And they're easy. And and of course yeah. they're easy and they're also stable.
2: And they don't break down. And yeah,
1: you know, I mean, I hit a lot of speed bumps, and I work a gig almost every night. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I can be taking my amp and babying it and carrying it upstairs mm-hmm. every night. You know, mm-hmm. I got my Pro Reverb. It's sitting in my studio. It's a at great home. amp, and I I love that thing. That's a great. It's amp. running great right now. You know, the next time it comes out, it'll be for a record date. And I'll put it in the back seat. Yeah. And I'll put the seatbelt on it and and put it in the baby seat and i'll take it in and it will and i got it i got another little princeton reverb that i just love the shit that's a great
2: recording app you can't the deluxe is you know at 22 watts but that's about 12 typically and um boy you can get a great sound at a low volume yeah yeah and get into the power power tubes right Right. everything is preamp today and I, i think that's part of the the fatigue but when you hear somebody that's got great tone and you hear somebody like landau play it's like they're in the they're in the the power tube section of the, that amp and that's where the chaos and the and the girth comes from the preamp distortion is you yeah. know it, it just makes everybody sound the same where the where the tube distortion at the power end it's the nuances of your playing that really get are it's articulated true. right and
3: that's why i pushed out the windows and walled them up <laughs> at the house at the house because I play it <laughs> fucking loud I, I I don't use anything below a 100 watt amp oh my I, I goodness
2: don't. still really
3: I love 100 watt amps and yeah. anything else doesn't sound as good to me yeah so it's 100 watts or nothing yeah you and Bonam also get along great yeah. It's a 100 watt amp and and you know it's loud but it's it's what I want it's the sound I want I can't mm-hmm. get it from a smaller amp because mm-hmm. there's I'm like where's the beef yeah mm-hmm. where's the i don't feel it i don't i don't hear it i don't hear the thickness Mm -hmm. you know and and i and i and i so many guys you know cliff culturary he's a no he's a rep for blue amps you know blue the the, you know oh those new little pedal things
2: microphone blue microphone he was going
3: to send me one to try out and then i sent him one of my records and he said i'm not your man (laughs) He said, No, you're not gonna He said, You're you're he, he listened to my record and he said, I know what you're doing. He says, You've got a hundred watt marshall and you're cranking the fuck out of it and nothing else is gonna give you that. And that's it. Oh, so just stick with what you're doing and don't try go. to do anything else. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> and be, like, you
1: know, get, save up for that hernia operation a, or get a run. You, well. That's what the, crew is the for. Yeah.
2: <laughs> do you use the nineteen sixty B? Do you use the flat
3: um, I uh, use Kerry Wright caps, you know, so but a sealed. So it's a it's a four by twelve, yeah. you know, closed back cap with yeah, green yeah. backs. And, yeah, so so yeah, That's my shit, you know. Like
2: yeah, I like that the flat one. I li- I like that. That's yeah. a great. Yes, yes, B cabinet shit, or whatever. Yeah. That's a great sound. You really
0: like you talk about your tone of that. You can't you can't beat that, no. That just feels like fucking bulls and i manly and I like you're just <laughs> fucking <laughs> on a I, Harley Davidson, you know, I, I, I don't be
3: drinking a, prick. a beer. I don't want to be a prick, but you have no man. If I told you how many people came over to my house to try to change my mind about this or that, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they bring their little fifty watt amps and their little their their other pedals yeah. or their their whatever they have, you and I just play and I just go. This is what I'm used to, and they just go, holy fuck. You know, like, it's a fucking Marshall Plexi and a a 4x12 with greenbacks. How are you going to beat that? Well, not only how are you going to beat it,
2: but your whole playing style Mm -hmm. ends up being influenced. And so it's a system. It's not like you can take one of the organs out and (laughs) put a new one in. Is
0: anyone getting close? Do you think anyone's getting close to replicating that at a volume that... We could doesn't play, get
3: to yeah. well, no, yeah. No, yeah. No, no. can interact yeah. Yeah. My, my amp um, my amp that I use live is a sur amp and it's basically it's a plex it's a 71 Marshall modded with a master volume and an effects loop and the only thing I use the effects loop for is just a volume control in it so I control the master but the thing is is that contrary to popular belief, The the power tubes don't have to be melting and running out the back for it to sound Mm -hmm. good. They just need to be working hard, Mm -hmm. and and they don't need to be. And it's not that loud when they're working hard. Like like you know we don't play that loud. Mm -hmm. You know I'm using a master volume because the the master volume makes it into a crunch amp right? And mm-hmm. then the pedal does the Gives rest. you the middle, that middle, that sound. So it's sound, like, yeah. it's the combination of the pedal and the crunch mm-hmm. that gives, gets you the nice tone. And the power amps are just loud enough so the amp is actually working. Mm-hmm. And that's not that loud. Yeah. Now, yeah. now, if you turn the amp up to its, like I'm playing it on about four.
2: Yeah. If you turn it up
3: to about seven or eight, <laughs> that's when your <laughs> eardrums would start, Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you'd start going, oh my God. That well, hurts.
2: that's, that circuit. Yeah. I mean, if you take that yeah. circuit, if you take a, of 59 basement, lay it on its oh, yeah, side cut yeah. it off you're looking at that yeah same you know, thing put yeah put you know european tubes in it yeah. but that that is the circuit townsend yeah. you know with a i yeah, think it was I mean, probably a Gretsch that first who's that's next what, that's
3: what uh, that's what the surbella is it's basically a basement yeah kind of a basement yeah. Yeah. design it's and a with great a few little bandmaster's things.
2: basement
3: yeah love it man yeah. But but then again, you know, when I record, then then I can turn it up all the way because right. I don't have anybody. I don't have anybody in front of the amp holding their ears, and I can turn it up as loud. as Yeah, are long. you in the control booth? Yeah, yeah. The, you the wouldn't be in the room with it. I know, but how? No, if I want to be in the room with it, I can. I can put headphones on. Yeah. and go in if I need to get feedback. In right. other words, like if I want to play a really long note and get feedback, then I will put headphones right. on go yeah. and go in with the cabinet. Yeah, and screaming loud and I have a remote control for my computer that I can hit stop and play through Bluetooth and then I'll be in there with the cabinet with headphones and then it's so fucking loud but I can only do that for like a little bit little bit at a time now hold it I've done the IR things with
0: like the the Sir reactive load right yeah and playing through the speakers and it sounds good Mm -hmm. but it still does it's nothing when I play directly through my cab because you're not
3: you don't have to pick up Interacting with the speaker, you just got the monitors. It's not the same. So that's that's where it loses. That's the thing is when you're playing rock, rock and roll. I mean, I'm talking about hardcore. Monitors don't really. No. You know, I mean, I'm playing jazz, jazz fusion. It's like I don't need every note to feedback. It's like I'm playing lines and I'm playing melodies and stuff like that, and I don't really need what I have live where every single note is trying to feed back I love that but I don't necessarily need it for a record but there are times where you want to do it because otherwise it doesn't sound like a real performance so every once in a while I go in there with the headphones play some solos and stuff where everything does want to feed back (laughs) and it does and then it sounds more like a guy standing in front of his cabinet, which yeah. is, you know, which is a good thing. It yeah. just hurts your ears. Yeah. You know? and it's, like, so fucking loud with a 100-watt amp. That's the beauty of, uh, I guess, recording of a small amp. You can do that.
2: And, and still get the and dynamics. And still
3: get that thing, but you don't get that heavy. Yeah, the heavy. The, only a hundred watt amp will give you that. Yeah, that <laughs> massive fucking. It layer. is. It's you know, yeah. a fifty watt amp as good as they sound, they still won't. It's yeah, it's a, it's just not, a different layer. It's, yeah, it's uh, it's another layer and it's low. Did, <laughs> it's tell really me, do you, low. do you deal
2: with Brian Setzer? Well, the Gretsch side does, but yeah, we we've worked with Brian since uh, we had the Gretsch deal. He's yeah.
0: one of my favorites. I he's just great. love. Yeah, he's a, Brian, he's, 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 just, a he's a marvelous player.
2: player. We've had him do shows, you know had him do some shows in Nashville yeah. and some other things. His guitar is very popular. He's got a really cool sixty one twenty type of yeah. thing, but it's it's uh it's got a center block and yeah. it's a it's a really interesting guitar. We actually did a took it in and got a CAT scan of it. Oh yeah, and when we were reproducing his guitar to make sure that we were getting it right from the from the inside, so that was an interesting project, you know, Not to bad. to go to a medical th- center
3: th- with a guitar. Feedback like like that's, crazy. That's got really, yeah, that's got, yeah. Yeah. got a center block.
4: Yeah, it's got a center block. that's what keeps it from feeding back. That's, that's how you control can, that. I yeah. yeah, I see. Yeah,
2: he's a great player. Just great player.
0: Yeah, just all personality. Yeah, like guys Real like that. Real deal. Yeah, yeah,
2: it's really cool. We've we've. You know our location now on Sunset is is just a it's just a revolving door of artists and then mm-hmm. when Bruce comes by maybe maybe else you guys will start coming by. Well, when I was
0: there, Don Was was coming in that yeah, afternoon. Absolutely, he came in and spent
2: yep. almost two hours just yep. going through stuff and talking. And um, the urban guys are, are are coming through there. You know, Usher and Chance the Rapper and wow, that's cool. And so and you know their base, you know. They're, they're playing guitar these days, and, yeah. and the bass is a big thing. Um, Foo Fighters, the location is just so perfect, and the building kind of has a, it's closed off. If you don't know what's going on, you don't really know, but it's, because it's all glass, it mm-hmm. feels very open. Mm-hmm. And so it's somewhat inviting, yet, very, you know.
1: It's, it's cool place. Oh, it's really cool, yeah. and there's so much cool stuff happening in there. There's you know, a, I, mean, I mean, it's not just, I mean, to, to us, the music, businesses you know playing the guitar and yeah. playing gigs but I mean he oversees like an you know Empire of digital music products and of course accessories and you Lifestyle. know there's all the, I mean we you know, we're just like yeah, guitar, you know like we're Neanderthal basically <laughs> he's got digital and like modeling and all this stuff and I mean you know he, it's like a whole other it's that's like going, going, into, going, going into some place, you know, and realizing, wow, there's a lot of other shit happening here, you know.
2: I f- they don't think of us for acoustic guitars, you know, but that's, we've been making acoustic guitars for over 50 years. It's like, it's a big business. It's, but, you know, we're not synonymous with it because everything lives in the, the shadow of, of, of the oak tree kind of strat, right? It's,